0: To C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. New day, week three of this series, and at the top of my piece of paper I have four words fear, freedom, boldness, belonging. And I believe in this new day. God is preparing us so that we can step into freedom, not from fear, but through fear. We can face it and we can overcome it. And that there is, to face that fear and overcome it, to step into freedom, there is a boldness from heaven that will come upon us that is birth not from ourselves, that is birth not from grabbing things of this world, but that is birth from belonging. Pastor Kaz preached an incredible message last week, and she mentioned a book, Invitation to a Journey, as a great next step uh, to launch into this year. And so we have some of those books out in the foyer after the service if you want to grab one of those. Uh, they're $10. There's only a few of them left. Now, everybody, what do these three things have in common? Okay? Zip lining. Ziplining, got it? Reading the Bible and going in a sauna. I want you to think, what do these three things have in common? Ziplining, reading the Bible and going in a sauna. You probably can't do all those three things at once. But let's check out what ziplining looks like. Here's my son Harrison. Harrison. Now we're going to check this video out. Please, Jonah. He's right in the distance, but he's coming closer. Yeah, Harrison. Woo! Ziplining. Okay, reading the scripture. We have a photo of my beautiful daughter, Lucy, who last week, look at those socks. She's wearing the same socks. Thank you for for wearing a different t-shirt, Lucy. Uh, Reading the scripture last week on stage, she's seven. And so reading the scripture and then sauntering, Ethan's going to come and help me with this. So what I need you guys to do is close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. If you don't close your eyes, the Lord will see you. Keep them closed. Okay, you can open your eyes. Hi, everyone. These are sauna hats. And they're actually really effective. These are from Latvia. Anyone here from Latvia? From a sheep. There's maybe one sheep in Latvia and that sheep died so that we could wear uh, a sauna hat. Uh, And so these hats keep your head cooler than the rest of your body in a sauna so that you can stay in the sauna longer and receive the beautiful benefits of being in a sauna. And yes, Ethan and I have gone to a sauna together and we have worn these hats at the same time. Now, what do these three things have in common? Ziplining, reading the Bible and going in a sauna. Well, for each... A level of boldness is required to overcome a fear. Harrison had to overcome a fear of heights to jump up on that zipline. Lucy had to overcome a fear of public speaking, which is the number one fear in the world, to get up. And she even said to us, she she initially said to Karen, when Karen asked her, would you read the Scripture on Sunday? She said, no, I've got a fear of, of public speaking. And then she came back to us a couple of days later and said, you know what? I actually want to, I want to overcome that. So I'm going to give that a go. She had to overcome and for Ethan and I, we have to overcome the fear of being publicly ridiculed, of people seeing us pointing and laughing and that somehow not denting our sense of self esteem. Can we thank Ethan? You want me to wear it for the rest of the... No, I'm not doing that. Overcoming fear. Can we think of some other fears, kids? Throw out some other fears. We could be scared of what? Could be scared of spiders. There's a lots of things in Australia that we could be fearful of, right? The, the three S's, snakes, spiders and sharks. yeah. Yeah, Anyone who surfs, don't tell me you're going into those waters and not ever thinking about the beautiful sharks that are swimming around the place. What other fears do we have? We, can, we could have fear of failure or fear of the dark. I had fear of the dark growing up a lot when I was younger. We could have a fear of dying. We could have fear of disappointing others or being let down by others. There are so many fears that we as humans in a broken world face. And what fear can do is it can paralyze us. Fear can limit us. Fear can cause us to stop and not want to move forward. Fear can deafen. Fear can blind Fear can cause us to cling to what is familiar and what is comfortable and fear can stand in the way of taking a hold of the new. And God's purpose for the new, for the new day, for the new thing, for the new wine that He's pouring out, His purpose is always freedom. It's for freedom that we have been set free. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The purpose of God in the new is freedom. Freedom from something and freedom for something. And there's three key scriptures that underpin this series that I'm going to illustrate this point from. Isaiah 43, 16 to 21. Isaiah 43, 16 to 21. To 21, And here Isaiah is prophesying of the day when the remnant who have been exiled, who have been ripped from their land and taken 1,200 kilometres away to Babylon, the day that they will return to the promised land and begin the rebuilding efforts. This is what the Lord says. Who makes a way in the sea? Here he's referencing the Exodus, the great Exodus, the event that is mentioned more than any event in the Old Testament. The theme of the Exodus, the coming out of, a freedom from, is a theme that flows through. Some scholars would even say that it is the, the whole theme of the Bible, the theme, the event of the Exodus who makes a way in the sea and a path through raging water, who brings out the chariot and horse, the army and the mighty one together. They lie down, they do not rise again. They're extinguished, put out like a wick. Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Do you not perceive it? I love the way Lucy uh, read it last week. Do you not see it? Like, duh. It's so obvious. Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, wild animals, jackals and ostriches will honour me. There's a reference there to Gentiles being included in the plan and the will of God, the presence of God. Because I provide water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. To give drink to my chosen people. The people I formed for myself will declare my praise. Freedom from and freedom for. So, the reference to the Exodus, we obviously know that that year, hundreds upon hundreds of years, the people of God were in slavery in Egypt. And so, as they stepped out, and as Moses led them through the Red Sea, and as they uh, were liberated, they stepped out of—they stepped into freedom from slavery and freedom for something. They were free now to worship, to serve their incredible God. Freedom from and freedom for. When we think about the exile, when we think about these people being ripped out of their land, imagine being taken from your home where you grew up, where you have a sense of identity, where you have a sense of this is where I belong, ripped from that place. And for 70 years, you're in another, you're in a foreign land. And so as they came back, the exiles came back, the remnant came back, they, they, they stepped into freedom from displacement from being foreigners, from having no sense of identity. And they stepped into freedom for again to worship and serve their God in the promised land. Matthew 9, 14 to 17. And it's important to, to think through when we're reading the prophetic books, that there is always a three-pronged meaning in prophecy. There is a fulfilment of the people of Israel in that time. The prophets are also prophesying to the day when the King, Jesus Christ, would come and bring the kingdom. And of course, there's the ultimate fulfilment, the new day, the new heaven, the new earth, and the second coming of Christ. And so here we come to to the time of Jesus. Then John's disciples came to him saying, this is John the Baptist. Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? That is a valid question. When you're busting your gut not eating and you're seeing everybody eating Big Macs every day, it's a valid question. (laughs) Jesus said to them, can the wedding guests be sad while the groom is with them? The time will come when the groom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast. No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the skins burst, the wine spills out and the skins are ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins. And both are preserved. There is a freedom here that Jesus brought, that Jesus is speaking and declaring, a freedom from legalism, a freedom from having to strive, having to, to, to earn God's favour, earn relationship with God, tick all the boxes, do things out of obligation, live a, a surface level Christianity, a surface level religion where it, it, it's up here, but it's not hasn't transitioned to our heart that we're not actually living it. There's a freedom from that place. Because that place, it's debilitating. That place isn't really living. And there's a freedom for genuine, growing, transformative, spirit powered relationship with God that is underpinned by love and empowers and fuels holy living. Paul himself says it in 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are a new creation because of Christ. The old things have, have been put away, have gone and the new things are here. You and I, because of Jesus, are new creations. We have a freedom from legalism and for this incredible relationship of love with God. Revelation 21, how's everyone going with the, the sweat? Can you feel the beads rolling down your back? Ah, oh, Just embrace it. Just imagine that you're having a shower in your own sweat. Revelation 21, the Apostle John is shown this, he's revealed this and, he's the, and then he writes it. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I, I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and He will live with them. They will be His peoples and God Himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear, every bead of sweat from your back. No, that's not in there. Every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Amen. Grief, crying and pain will be no more. Amen. Because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, 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 I'm making everything new. He also said, right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the springs of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. There's a freedom here that John is talking about a freedom from sin, from death from the brokenness of this world, from an uncertain future and a freedom for, eternal assurance of relationship with God. Eternal assurance that you and I belong to Him and will be with Him for eternity. Freedom from and freedom for. But that's not to say just because there's, there's freedom that's available that, that fear isn't present. Fear's present. Fear's there. For you and I to step into freedom, it doesn't come without a fight. A fight to overcome and push through fear. If you think about the exodus, you think about the people who had for so many years, all they'd known was slavery. And you might think, oh, that's terrible. But also there was a freedom in slavery because they didn't have to think, what am I doing today? What am I wearing today? What am I eating today? They're told what to do. And so there was a comfort. And so, yeah, they're all for freedom. Yeah, yeah, let's go for it. And then we get to Exodus chapter 14. And all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're, they're looking forward and they're going, yeah, I can see. We can, we can see that we can make a way through. And then they look back. And they see the Egyptians and the the, the mighty force of the Egyptian army coming down upon them. And and in, in Exodus 14, we read that they were terrified. They were afraid. Fear gripped them. And then guess what happened? They started complaining. Moses, we told you so. We told you this would happen. Do you know what? We'd actually rather be slaves in Egypt than die in the wilderness. They're basically saying we would rather choose slavery than choose freedom. And Moses responds and he just says, do not be afraid because your God has made a way. He will make a way and he's with you. And then he says, be quiet. (laughs) Just shut up. Stop. Stop your whinging. But there was fear. It was real. If we think about the remnant coming back who were exiled, Persia, who had taken over from Babylon as the world power of the day, and King Cyrus, he was quite lenient on the people, and they'd actually prospered in the land, in the exiled land. And there was a level of comfort, there was a level of success, and there was a level of pros- prosperity. And so as they considered moving from relative comfort, 1,200 kilometres back home to desolation, to nothing, and not only that, but then, oh yeah, you, you guys are the ones who are rebuilding from nothing. You're rebuilding the wall. You're rebuilding the temple. You're rebuilding the city. You're re- rebuilding land, promised land, the city. Fear would have stricken them. Not to mention the 1200 kilometre journey that was long, that was dangerous. Many of them likely would have died on the way home. And so fear, again, in this fight for freedom, fear is present. Think about the disciples, hanging out with Jesus. We think it would have been so easy. But Jesus hadn't yet died on the cross and rose from the grave. Do you know how many self-proclaimed messiahs were around at this time? Amount of people who are like, Yeah, I'm the Messiah, and I'm gonna prove it. They never did, there was only one who did prove it, and that's Jesus. But this is pre the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so, we have disciples who have left everything left their livelihood, left their families. Their families have probably disowned them because they're, they're, they're following a rebel. They're, they've said they've rejected the way of life, the, the Jewish way of life, and all these practices. And so there would have been a level of fear attached to this of being rejected. And what if Jesus isn't who He says He is? What if? Can you imagine the fear that would have been surrounding them? And so there is, in the fight for freedom, there is always fear present. And that is why boldness from heaven is required for you and I, for these people, for you and I in this day and age, in this new day, as we prepare for the new and what God is doing. We not only need discernment and wisdom to let go of the old. We not, not only are, are, are to have a, a posture of surrendered humility to let go of control. But there is a boldness that is required for you and I so that we can not only let go of the old things, but take a hold of the new. There's boldness that is required. And what does boldness look like for you and I in 2024? What does stepping out look like? What does stopping look like? Sometimes it takes more boldness to actually stop, to actually say no to the 400th thing in the calendar that we're being invited to this week? To say no. What does it look like to go deeper? To have a level of intimacy with God that we haven't yet got to? What does it look like to move past comfort for you and I this year? To position ourselves in the second circle of the purpose circles in in prayer, Bible and discipleship community in order that we can seek God we can hear God, we can see God, and we can obey God. What does it look like? What does it look like for you, for me? It might mean moving past, oh, you know, when it comes to the Bible, I'm just not a reader. Full stop. Or you know what? Yeah, I know prayer, it, it's, I know prayer's a good thing, but I'm just not a prayer. Full stop. And look, I love this church community and there's so many opportunities that we can, we can fellowship and connect. But you know what? I'm just not a social person, full stop. And we kind of put these labels on ourselves. And so much of that is driven by fear. But can we get, can, can looking bold in 2024 look a little bit like this? Hey, I'm not a reader, but I'm just gonna dive in and, and lean into a daily devotion. I'm going to commit to to reading a psalm a day. Well, I'm not a prayer, but I'm just going to come to Wednesday Night Gather when it starts on the 31st of January. I'm just going to rock up. I'm going to be there. I don't know know what's going to happen. I don't know how to pray, but I'm gonna jump in, dive in because I trust that God in that, as I position myself, as I face that fear, boldness will come and God will rock up. I'm not a social person, but I'll say yes to that invitation to hang out with that person, have a coffee after church. I'll say yes to that discipleship opportunity, uh, community opportunity that comes my way move past the full stop. And that could look like Bible college this year. It could look like Alpha, maybe a friend of ours who doesn't know God or, or who has moved away from God could really benefit from Alpha and the invitation and then rocking up to Alpha with them could be that step of boldness. Maybe volunteering once a month on a, on a roster. I know so many of you already volunteer once a month and I, we so appreciate the incredible hundreds of volunteers across this church community. But maybe for some of us, it's stepping out and volunteering this year. Maybe you're a teenager here and youth camp is coming up next Friday. And maybe the step of boldness is to go, you know what? I'm actually just going to sign up and go to youth camp. And maybe for parents... The fear of, "Oh no, my kid's going to be away for a whole weekend." And what if something maybe, we face that fear, and we're bold, because we know that God's got them, and that what they're going to experience at camp next weekend is so much more beneficial than being on them being on screens for eight hours on the weekend at home. And we sign our kid up. We register our kid. Because I'm standing here as as the fruit of being in youth camp after youth camp, year after year in the presence of God, transformation after transformation. Our, Our two older kids are reaping the benefits of being at camp and being at youth on a Friday night. I can't encourage you enough, parent. Step out, be bold, send your kids to youth camp this week. Maybe it looks like fasting For us as individuals, it's bringing in regular fasting and praying so that we can seek God for what He's doing in our lives and our families' lives. Maybe it's picking up that dream again, activating that spiritual gift that we know God has put in us. Maybe it's the practice of silence and solitude that we bring that into our regular devotion. Maybe it's beginning to pray regularly as a, as a married couple if you're married or with a friend if you're single or, or, or if you're married, you could catch up with a friend and pray with them. Or maybe as a family, we start a, a, a weekly devotion around the dinner table. All of these are small steps of boldness as we put our hope and trust in God and we position ourselves to hear, to see and to obey Him. And so this boldness, where is it birthed from? Do we manufacture it ourselves and based on our knowledge of the Scripture or the amount of times we come to church in a year or our own efforts? Does a boldness and a confidence just come? Is, is that what sustains us? Is it by taking a hold of the trappings of this world, focusing on riches and success, on acclaim, if we grab a hold of those things, if we can only get that business deal done, then we'll have a, a, more, a sense of confidence in who we are. Can I say my experience is that the boldness that comes that we manufacture ourselves, or the boldness that comes from grabbing a hold of the trappings of this world, those th- that boldness will not last. It inflates like a balloon and then it bursts. But there is a boldness when we are at the end of ourselves when we have our lack and our limits and our frailties, our rebellion, our sin, our apathy, when those things are exposed, there is a boldness available. When the things of this world crash and burn in front of us, the brokenness of this world, the broken promises of this world come to the fore, there is still a boldness available for you and I as the people of God. there is a boldness that comes upon us as we come to terms with the fact that God loves us, that He saved us, that He's forgiven us, that He accepts us and that He calls us His children. Band, why don't you come? In the very fabric of the new, of the new day, of the new thing, of the new wine being poured out, fueling freedom through fear, not from fear, but fueling freedom through fear and birthing boldness in us is belonging. And if we go back to those three scriptures, we will read that embedded in these scriptures of talking about the new is a sense of belonging. In Isaiah 43, chapter 21, the second part of chapter 21, rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people, the people I formed for myself will declare my praise. My people, my chosen people, God has chosen you and I. We belong. If we think about the Matthew scripture and the analogy that Jesus used of the groom and the wedding guests, who's, who's had a wedding? How many strangers did you invite to that wedding? None. Wedding guests are those who are wanted, who are known, who have a place for them. And so embedded in this scripture is this sense that you and I have relationship. There is a desire for relationship. You and I belong. There's a place for you and I at the banquet table of heaven. And then in Revelation 21, there's so much about a sense of belonging. God's dwelling is with humanity. And he will live with them. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them and will be their God. There's a boldness that's available for you and I to step into the new thing, to step into freedom through fear. That boldness comes, it's birthed out of a sense of belonging. And so what fear keeps arising? Fear of man, fear of losing comfort, fear of losing control. What fear is rising up to prevent us from truly accepting that you and I belong to God? What lie are we believing that we're too sinful, that we're too far gone, that we've been given too many chances. No, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. No matter how, times, how many times we fall, God picks us up. What old thing? What disappointment? Or even season where we've tried all this and it just didn't work is preventing us from stepping in to the new. You are a child of God. You are loved and accepted by Him. And the new thing and the new day and the new wine, it's for you. The new is for you. The new is not just for the holy, not just for the pastors. The new is for you. So how can we take a hold of that? Let boldness rise. Because we belong. Because we're loved and accepted. Because there's safety and security in His arms. Take a hold of the new thing. And step into freedom. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.